It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hippier Podcast, also known as Uncomfortable Truths. That was the worst accent ever. I'm so sorry for you. Uh, new time listeners, hello and welcome. I, I'm as confused as you are, seriously. I don't know what this place is. I don't know how I got here. Uh, I'm just happy to be here. You know, I, I talk and I talk and people listen and, well, hopefully the world becomes a better place. That's the gist of this podcast. Also, guys, if you forget, this podcast is also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and like every other platform you can imagine. So if you can't watch my so majestic face, you know, talking about a specific topic, you could just go listen to me and blast me in your car. I wouldn't mind that. Today's episode is wowza. Wow. I don't even know where to begin. This is one of my favorite topics, uh, mainly because I used to be a people pleaser and I used to not want to get into people's boundaries or I guess not people's boundaries, but like I tried to not make people uncomfortable and just the idea of discomfort in any given at any given moment made me super uncomfortable so you know as an ex-people pleaser uh, it's safe to say that this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart which is actually one of the reasons why I named this podcast uncomfortable truths is because for the longest time I was scared to speak my truth and my ideas and my feelings no no matter how contentious they may be but there was just something inside me that kept saying it's not worth it just don't fight like just stay peaceful don't say anything and now it's the complete opposite where it's like I'm gonna fight this I'm I don't need to fight this everyone is calm and everyone's quiet but no I want to I want to bring an argument to this table I feel like something's missing you know I am the missing piece I am the missing problem I'm always the problem. Uh, and yeah, so for me, discomfort is this really intriguing topic that I am getting more and more, I guess, acquainted with. And it's, I like the idea of discomfort. I like the idea of pain and, and suffering. No, I don't. Not like that. But I like the idea of discomfort as a whole and all of these uncomfortable feelings because it shows the character that you're dealing with. You know what I mean? So like if you want to know who you're dealing with, if you want to know the person that you're with, who you're friends with, you're going to marry, um, your parents, whoever it may be, it doesn't matter. But if you want to know them, for them, make them uncomfortable. True colors really shine bright at that time. Like nothing is hidden. Nothing can be hidden. It's just so... It's so enlightening in a sense. It saves so much time because you, you're seeing so much in such a little amount of time. It's like an exponential amount of information just streaming in, you know? And so I've used it as a tool. Uh, not, not to just solely make people uncomfortable, but just to kind of navigate my way through life a little easier. And another reason this topic is so near and dear to my heart is because... I like to make myself uncomfortable. (laughs) 
that sounded so weird. I like to uh, challenge myself, but not in the way that's like, like challenge it, like, let's do it. No, I like to put myself in extreme conditions and then see how I'm going to react. For some reason, there's something so mesmerizing about it. It's like, you don't know how you're going to end up at the end of that situation or whatever you're putting yourself through, you know, and it's not to the extent where it's like harmful or anything like that, but it's useful in knowing what you're made of. It's useful in, in understanding your potential because a lot of people stay within this bubble of a comfort zone, you know, and they stay there. They get real nice. They get real comfortable. They stay there for a good amount of time. It's only until they reach their 20s or 30s they realize this is my comfort zone. Like I've been here for quite a lot of time. Um, but I think for me what accelerated this wanting of discomfort was a training. is because it's not like, oh, I can do it. Like this spirit of pep talks and cheering and cheerleading for myself. It's not like that. It's more like, I might die, but I'll try and do it. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty. Look, when you start to squat and deadlift heavy numbers, you start to have. You need to have that kind of mentality because it's just it's what gets you through and it's what gets you good numbers. So you know, it's not really up to me. It's up to the sport, and I just I happen to get involved, and I think this mentality of discomfort seeped into other areas of my life. And I really do wish it originated from my faith, you know, this idea of discomfort, which I'm going to talk about in more detail later. But, you know, this whole idea of discomfort started from the gym. You know, before the gym, before anything like that, I was a bum. I was a bum. I was a couch potato. I was a couch sweet potato. Whatever root vegetable you choose, I was that. I was a couch carrot. No, that's definitely not true because I was not looking like a carrot. That's not important. The main gist of the deal was that I was really comfortable for a long time. I was really comfortable. And when I got really comfortable, discomfort started to seep into my comfort zone. Here's the thing about the comfort zone. And I'm going to be explaining the comfort zone in a lot more depth within this episode. But the most interesting thing about the comfort zone is that with time if you don't do something about it if you don't seek a way out of it if you don't go and embark on an uncomfortable journey your comfort zone starts to shrink your comfort zone starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller until you start literally suffocating you know and that's what happened when well I was going through my teenage years and it's regular, it's normal to be going through puberty and to just go through adolescence and have these weird feelings, but I didn't like it. I didn't want to stay with that feeling, you know? But I realized the more that I stayed with my comfort zone, the much smaller it got to the point where talking to people like outside of my family was out of my comfort zone. That's, by the way, not normal. Like, that's not normal. That is something that needs to be fixed. That's something that an everyday human should be able to accomplish without getting uncomfortable by it. So what's scary about not getting out of your comfort zone is the fact that it's going to shrink over time. So if you don't do anything about it, you are going to suffocate. 
basically. And the thing about the comfort zone, I'm merely just introducing what the comfort zone is. It's nice, it's warm, but I think what makes the comfort zone lethal or dangerous is the fact that the longer you stay in the comfort zone, the more discomfort is going to find its way inside of there. And not for good reason. Like you are, let's say you're a couch potato, which I I have real good experience about that. You're a couch potato, you're watching your favorite TV show just on a regular Saturday night. You're just, this is, this is your routine. Every night you just like love sitting on the couch and watching this specific TV show, eating X amount of food. Just this is, this is like really your comfort zone, you know? And then you pull up your phone, you open social media, you see something on someone's story that's about like going places and and accomplishing new things and and reaching a new height something like that but when you see that when you're exposed to that and you're on the couch watching Gilmore Girls don't judge me you get really uncomfortable you get I know because I've been there you get really severely uncomfortable because because you think about what you're doing and you think about what other people are doing. And here's the thing, right? This goes to a concept of comparing yourself. And the thing about comparing yourself is that it can be harmful and dangerous if done incorrectly. But when used as a tool, I wouldn't say to measure yourself or to measure your progress. That's something completely different. But to see where you are in life it is a good proxy. It's not that bad. People always demonize and, and put a bad name to comparing yourself with other people. And yes, to an extent, if done correctly, I agree. But if you use it in a way that's going to make you better, why not? Why not use it? And this is kind of going outside of the idea of the comfort zone. It's getting more to comparing yourself. And I actually want to make an episode on that. Someone said Farah is the only person that makes future episodes in the current episodes. And honestly, that's, you're not wrong. I would. I actually do it all the time. Uh, sometimes I stop talking and then I type a, an idea and then I come back to talking. So it's, just, no, I don't have ADHD. Thanks for asking. I don't know what it is. It's just my mind keeps running all the time. Anyway, was it, what was I talking about? I will explain why it's important to get out of the comfort zone and why you need to do it now. There's no time to waste. Why it's necessary and completely indispensable that you do it now. We talked about comparing yourself. But here's the thing. The comfort zone obviously does not help you grow in any way, shape, or form. But the thing about it is that you're really sacrificing the future for the gratification of now. You know, it's called the instant gratification of the moment. You don't care about the future consequences. You just want to be satiated and gratified in the now. And I think it's a lot deeper than that when we're talking about the comfort zone. Because when you get out of your comfort zone regularly, yes, you're putting your current self in uncomfortable situations. But the amount of burden that you're lifting off of your future self is only ever going to be seen and felt when you're at that point of your life. You know, so for example, lifting, going to the gym, staying healthy, being fit, all of these things, moving. Right now, it can seem like a burden. Yes, it can seem like a burden. 
you know, it takes a lot of time from your day. It takes energy to get started, to get prepared and go. It takes energy, period. But the burden of now is nowhere near comparable to the burden of the future. The burden of the future, if you were to not do it in the now, is heavier than the burden that you have now. And that's why the sooner the better. You know how people say it's never too late? No. No, sometimes it's too late. Not going to lie. You, time is not infinite. Time is finite. Time is very, very finite. You know, and you can lie to yourself and say it's never too late and, and just keep going on with your life in this comfortable state. But then, no, time is going to get, time is going to run out. You're not in control of time. Time doesn't care about you. Time is going to run out. Do you know what I mean? So, yes, okay, it's never too late to do ballet at 30, whatever. But time is running out. The sooner, the better, always. And that's that's a known fact. And people don't want to hear that time is running out because that in and of itself makes them really uncomfortable. Because that's a very uncomfortable fact. Time ticks whether you like it or not. Time passes. It does not care about anybody. You can't go back in time. You can't go to the future. You can't pause time. Time is just going to keep ticking. And, it, well, it's up to you to take action now or in the future or if ever. You know, but don't say it's never too late and then continue on with your lifestyle. Like, you're not doing something that you know you should be doing. That was really, that was a spaghetti of words. I really apologize for that. I'm not sure as to what, you know, the factors are that contributed to this ever-growing laziness, like this trend of laziness in Gen Z or this society as a whole. I don't know. I'm not a researcher, okay? But I'm pretty sure social media can factor in on that. And just this, I guess, ever-growing epidemic of decreased self-confidence there's no more self-confidence in the everyday average person. Like the everyday average person, if you take a person, a regular person from society, their confidence isn't that high. Don't ask me why. Well, capitalism. No, I actually have no idea. It's just their confidence is not that high, you know? So in turn, they're not, they're not going to try. Why would they try? If, you, if all your self-talk in your head is... I can't do that and I shouldn't do that and no that wouldn't suit me and I just know I'm not capable of that if that's all you're saying in your head of course you're not gonna do it you can only dream of doing it and remember how I said that the gym has really catalyzed my mindset of being able to do what I want to do I was talking about that with my friend today and I just realized I don't have that mindset anymore. This idea of, no, maybe I'm not built for it. Bro, bro, that mindset, that mindset left a long time ago. I'm trying climbing now. And Lord, oh Lord, if you ask anybody in the climbing gym that I go to, how does Farah climb? Oh, they'd be like, she's terrible. She's terrible. She sucks. You know, I love going there though. I love going there because one day I'm going to get really good. Right now I suck. I suck really badly. But because my mindset is not, I can't do it. My mindset is, I will be able to do it one day if I keep going. You know, so when you switch that mindset, it, I say this all the time, but it really opens up doors. Doors you didn't know existed. And it just feels like you're in a much better starting point 
to do whatever you really want to do. And there's nothing stopping you. There's no obstacle because most of the obstacles that people face are themselves. Can you imagine? Most people are their own enemy. They're the ones that block themselves before anything even happens. And that's honestly depressing. That's such a sad fact. So before we start anything, we need to understand that this is all a mindset change. This is no like physical change or or like an environmental change. To some degree, sure. But this is all a mindset change. Like you turn your mindset 180 degrees. Because everything happens and starts in your mind before it realizes in the real world. And that's a big, big fact that people often miss and forego because they just want to tell themselves excuses of, no, really, I'm different. I can't do it. There are people who think that they can't accomplish anything that big. They really, they cannot even imagine it in their heads that they can do something great one day. So what do they do? They stick to doing what they're good at, which is a set of very few things. You know, and that's all they stick to. This, that's all what their life consists of. Like, all, all their brain knows is these specific set of tasks to do in their day-to-day lives that they can't even imagine putting themselves in a place that's super uncomfortable but can allow them to reach great heights. This goes back to an idea that I wanted to talk about, which is being on autopilot mode. A lot of people are in autopilot mode from their day-to-day lives. They don't have one thing that they incorporate in their everyday lives that makes them really uncomfortable. That makes them really like just want to stop. You know, like learning a new language, for example. It's painful. (laughs) It's painful. I would know. I tried Russian. And the thing about Russian, Ruski, is that the pronunciation actually starts to make your tongue hurt. I'm not even joking. In the beginning, I remember complaining to my Russian teacher saying, my tongue is in pain. I can't speak anymore. She's like, Nia, Nia, just давай. You can do it. Come on. And I was like, no, I can't. Like this, I'm just tired emotionally and mentally. Leave me alone. And we did that for what? Two years? Something like that. We did that every day for two years. And at some point, I spoke really well. I could understand, like, political documents and whatever. I, I'm not at that level anymore because I just, like, you know, it, it was, I'm, in, I'm in a new environment where Russian is not that useful. Um, but I'm still trying to maintain it. But the point I'm trying to get across is that I was in severe mental pain, dude. It was so painful. It was so uncomfortable. I just did not want to continue anymore. But the act of persisting, the act of showing up, and the act of understanding that what my brain is doing right now is making new neural networks. It's not just chilling, doing whatever it does when I'm scrolling on social media or watching a YouTube video or doing whatever I usually do in my day-to-day life. It's doing something completely new and out of the ordinary to me. And it made me so extremely uncomfortable. But the fact that I implemented it in my day-to-day life is what made a change. You know what I mean? A lot of people are an autopilot. And yes, that could be useful. It's, it's almost like a, I would say, evolutionary mechanism, you know, that helps us be more efficient with the energy that we expend. And yeah, that makes sense. But to what extent 
to what extent are we going to be these efficient human beings that don't create anything anymore? So it's really dangerous when all you are is on autopilot mode because you start to lose the zest in your character. You start to lose the thing that makes you special. The thing that makes you so much capable of more than you could ever imagine. So when I see these people thinking, oh, I can't do that. This isn't for me. I'm just not, you know, I'm not destined for it. I don't have the brains for it. I don't have the body for it. Who, did you even try to even say that? They didn't even try and they're saying that. It's, it's devastating. It's an actual epidemic to me. I see it as a mental epidemic because it's like people are shooting themselves in the foot before even trying to walk. So what is the reason to that mindset? This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Okay, that was all a pep talk. Now, let's get to breaking down the comfort zone all the way to the growth zone because it actually gets really interesting. We're going to start. It's like an onion, donkey. I will explain it to you. Okay, the comfort zone. The most inner layer and shell of the entire thing. Uh, comfort is the feeling of safety and security using very little brain power to function from day to day. And I saw this definition in some research paper that was talking about mice because, well, every psychology research paper talks about mice. And it was talking about how the comfort zone is a behavioral state within which a person operates in an anxiety neutral condition using a limited set of behaviors to deliver a steady level of performance, usually without a sense of risk. This is you watching YouTube at 8 p.m. before bed. This is you sleeping in on a weekend. And here's the thing about the comfort zone is that you feel very safe and getting out of it is the hardest part because it takes more energy to go from the comfort zone to let's say the fear zone than it does to go from the fear zone to the learning zone because as you start to learn something new or you're doing something new, you have more momentum. But when you're at the comfort zone, it's like you're, there's no movement. You know, your inertia is basically zero. There's no momentum. You're not moving. So you have to give like this initial force to move and then you can start to keep that movement. You know, you start to be in momentum. And I think I discussed the comfort zone enough. I'm going to talk about the other zones because I think there's a lot more that we can learn from the other zones. 
The fear zone is also known as the unknown zone when you try to do something new for the first time or you try to acquire a new skill set, be it the gym, be it painting or drawing or learning a new language, whatever it may be, it's just something new. And in this zone, there's a, there's a lot of negative emotion behind it because remember what I said about transferring from the comfort zone to the fear zone? It takes a lot of mental pain. Remember the Russian example I used? It was a lot of mental pain. It was a big, big struggle, you know? And in this zone, the fear zone, you'll often find yourself comparing your skill to those that are advanced within the field. Those that have already been doing it for years or were even just good at it to begin with. You'll find yourself comparing yourself a lot. And being extremely discouraged. In fact, they say that this zone is probably where self-confidence is at its lowest. Because when you're learning something new, as all humans do, you're going to fail. You're going to fail over and over and over and over. So here's why mindset and the way you choose to think and approach this new skill is the most important thing that you need to focus on within this zone. Because this zone is not physical labor, it's a lot of mental labor. Because your brain is trying to work really, really hard, making new networks to accomplish the task more effectively. But when you fail, you have to rewire. And then you fail again, and then your brain has to rewire all over again. It's like making a new circuit every single time. So you're doing this thing where you're failing and then learning and then failing and then learning because it's kind of like a feedback loop of understanding okay I'm not going to do that next time okay that I have to be aware of just a very very aggressive environment where you're learning really fast but it gets really uncomfortable that's why the most important thing in this zone is to keep your mind fixed on staying focused staying focused and showing up doing it almost every day for however long that you you need to do it but being extremely focused not being distracted so if you're doing it don't look at the person next to you doing better than you that's not going to help you that's not going to magically inspire you you're just going to feel discouraged like why am i not learning this faster so i can be better stronger faster smarter sorry that's <laughs> just a tiktok sound that came into my brain it's just you're not going to feel good Spoiler alert, you're, you're going to be feeling really bad, like trash, like utter trash. Been there, I don't know, I know how it feels. But this zone is really crucial to your growth. This zone, I would ar argue, <laughs> I would argue, did you guys hear that? That was Loki Scottish. I would argue is the most intense zone, is the most intense, is the most aggressive. It's like you don't want to be in this zone if you're not ready for it. The other key thing to note in this zone is that failures, the failures that you endure, the failures that you face are legitimately a part of your success. So failures are not actually failures because if anything, you're just learning more and more, you're getting more experience. You know, so if you start to look at failures as a stepping stone, you're creating a set of stairs and with every failure you get closer and closer and closer to success if that's the way you approach it you're going to be reaching success inevitably inevitably is an inevitable thing because you're not stopping at any given point you keep going and going even though you're failing because you're not really failing you're just learning 
you know, but it actually starts to become a failure when you stop. Or I guess it's just not for you anymore, you know, and that's fine. But it, the thing is, you want to know what your goal is. Understand what it is you're trying to aim at and then fail at it. Fail at it so epically. Fail at it so badly so that then you know a lot more than most people in the field. Because if you know most of the mistakes, by the way, that also means you're going to learn how to fix them. You're going to learn how, how to turn them into solutions. And that is honestly what makes a person extremely skilled in their field. But it's the practice of enduring that failure and the pain, the mental toll that it comes with, that is not very common. Thirdly, we have the learning zone. This is a very nice zone. This is a good zone. It's not the comfort zone, not even close, but it's, it's a nice zone. It gives you good feelings. I call this the good feeling zone. And this is where you start improving on your skill. You start to become an amateur practically. Uh, you start to learn more things as you make more mistakes. And the interesting thing about the zone is that your problems start to get more challenging with time because the more you advance, the more problems you're going to face, first of all, but the tougher the problems are going to be because they're on a different level. They require you to have preliminary knowledge of whatever you failed at from the past in order to solve this next step or this next problem. So it does get advanced. And well, I would say <laughs> it does get easier, but it really doesn't get easier. You just get tougher. You just get smarter. You get better equipped and more experienced and and that's what makes this zone, I would say, a little more enjoyable because when you start understanding concepts and you start learning things, you just feel like you're adding to your toolkit of things to, to fix problems with, you know, and the more tools you have, like the more dynamic you can be, the more problems you can fix, the, the faster you're going to get to fixing them. It's just... It's a place where your confidence truly starts to build and you're literally changing your brain chemistry. Your brain starts to change. Your brain starts to make new neurons to hold and contain this new information that you've just obtained. It only gets better from here. But again, like the, the entire essence of this is to keep going. It's to keep persisting. It's to commit yourself. Because if you do it once in a while, that's not going to do anything. You know, it's, I don't know, but it just, it's not going to firm up the networks that your brain is trying so hard to build so that it makes it easier for you to do whatever you want to do. So sticking to it is, is always going to be a given. So for example, for the gym, well, bodybuilders in general, their main goal is hypertrophy. They want to basically break down the muscle of the gym, come home, rebuild it, repeat, 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 repeat until the muscle starts to get thicker and thicker and thicker and bigger and bigger. The muscle fibers start to become greater than before, basically a muscle surplus. And they can't just break it off one day and, and just stop because if they don't use it, it's going to go. That's basically the same thing with your brain is that if you don't use it, if you don't stick to it, say goodbye to it because it's making room for other things. It's not going to stay there forever. And you can't depend on things staying there forever if you're not giving it the proper attention. 
I want to wrap up this episode with an interesting, I would say discovery. It's not a discovery. It's not. Uh, but I was typing up like the main ideas of this video in a coffee shop and I was just thinking to myself, like I usually talk from the Islamic perspective and well, I just thought like how would the comfort zone relate to Islam even though the majority of Islam is really stepping out of your comfort zone if I'm being honest. But I like to think of concepts as a whole that would, I guess have some parallelism to the concept that I'm talking about. And the one concept that I think has some substance to it that is parallel to this concept is the concept of jihad in Islam. And well, this is a very misunderstood and misinterpreted, you know, notion of jihad. Jihad is like terrorism and and just what did I write? Extremism and advocating for war that's what most people think when they think of jihad which is honestly comical at this point <laughs> i i don't know at some point i thought it was the same thing too i remember not knowing what the meaning of the word was and then one kid in my class was like i want to write about jihad and i was like what's that and he was like you don't know jihad jihad is basically where you kill yourself for your religion and i was like um okay that doesn't um sound right <laughs> i was so confused so ever since i just had this idea that you basically had to break yourself down for an ideology and it just did not make any sense but the more i look into this concept and this idea the more i appreciate its beauty and everything that it has to give because what jihad translates to is striving you know, and struggling, but not the struggling of, like, I'm gonna die, but struggling to break down to get better. Just like the muscle hypertrophy, just like all the things I explained before, it's the same thing. It's all the same thing. You break yourself down to get back up and get back up better and bigger and stronger and faster and smarter. Everything tenfold. But you have to break down first. You have to fall down. You have to fail. You have to suffer a little bit. You have to go through pain. But you get back up so much stronger than before. And it's such a beautiful concept because you can apply this to everything and anything. It's, it's basically the underlying notion of development in anything. You have to break down to build back up. But what takes this a step further, what takes this whole idea of stepping out of your comfort zone and, and the idea of jihad, is we always think about them in parallel to doing something, being active, actively partaking and engaging in something. But I think it can go both ways in stopping yourself from doing something or stopping your tongue from uttering something or saying no to something or someone. But we don't talk about that. We always talk about be better, be stronger, be go further, which is basically the gist of what I just said. But there's always a duality in all of these topics where yes, do things, but also avoid other things 
don't do other things. There are things that you have to stay away from. And that in and of itself is an act of leaving your comfort zone. By not doing something, you are leaving your comfort zone. We don't talk about that. We always talk about when you leave your comfort zone, you're doing something great. You're, you're actively partaking in something that's completely new to you. And sure, but when you are letting go of something, when you're trying to avoid doing something that you know you don't want to do, that is completely valid in being outside of your comfort zone. And it's this discomfort that builds up within you that you feel is just, it's like this big icky feeling that you want to do something, but you tell yourself not to, and you, you start shaking on the inside. The gist of it is that it's pure discomfort. But stopping yourself is just as valid as doing something that's great. I think it could be a useful thing to stop yourself from doing things or certain things that you yourself know is not good. And yes, it'll take you out of your comfort zone, but it's worth it. Is it not? I mean, you are building yourself in the process by avoiding something. You are. If it's something bad, of course you're growing. Of course you're building. And it's just a matter of sticking to it and showing up every single day, just like I said. You can do that with action just as much as inaction. And, well, it's just food for thought, really. I didn't really investigate this idea as much because, I don't know. I don't know. We just, we like talking about doing things, but we don't talk about not doing things. <sighs> anyway, I'm going to cap it off here. I am ravenous. I'm really hungry. I have to go eat something. And I will see you guys in the next episode, <laughs> stay uncomfortable. Trust me. I've been there. I've done that. Okay. Bye-bye.